Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of my podcast, Raised by Religion, My Exodus to Freedom. That song that played at the beginning is called Talk Talk by A Perfect Circle. And the idea behind that song, um, and I'll go ahead and quote as best I can some of the lyrics. Try talking like Jesus try walking like Jesus and he also says don't be the problem be the solution and in this podcast I'm going to talk about the solution the number one solution is love love is difficult love is so many things there we use that word in so many ways We say, I love cake, and then we say, I love my husband. Of course, I love my husband in a different way than I love cake. (laughs) And in the Greek language, there are several words for love, but there's one in particular that is the most challenging of all, and it's called agape. And it is seeking out the good for others, no matter what. And that's a form of love that is rarely shown or practiced. I don't believe many of us really know what that means or how to practice it. I, at this point, I know what it means, but I'm still learning how to practice. So this episode is going to be about another part of that solution, which is accountability. When I say accountability, I'm not talking about accountability for someone else. It's about having account, taking accountability for ourselves. I don't believe it's possible to hold anyone else accountable. We, the COC uses that term. We have to hold each other accountable. No, no, because at the end of the day, it's just me and myself. And I have to live with what I've done and what I've not done. And whether you expose what I've done the mistakes that I have done or not, I'm either going to learn from them or not. And so it's really a waste of energy to try and hold someone else accountable for their own actions. That's up to them, not up to me. So in this podcast, I am going to hold myself accountable. And I'm going to tell parts of my story that make me look maybe not so good. But, like I've said before, there are no good people. There are no bad people. They're just people. People choose to do bad things. People choose to do good things. And we've done both, all of us. And we've all done it purposefully. So, I am a recovering addict, and uh, it's specifically a recovering alcoholic. I took my first drink 
when I was around 11, 10 or 11. It was at a New Year's Eve party. One of my friends had at her house, and her parents left the champagne out. We drank the rest of the champagne, and then she was like, I know where my dad keeps his liquor. And then we found the liquor, and we drank it. It was disgusting. It was lime punch, some kind of green New Year's Eve punch, and we found a bottle of peach brandy. Yeah, you can imagine how that tasted together. But I digress. That was my first drink. I think I was born an addict. I think that it is a part of my personality that I was born with. Now, did I choose to drink? Absolutely. Did I choose to do things while I was in active addiction that were wrong? Absolutely. So... I drank on and off, but when I did drink, I drank to excess. I drank to get drunk. And, of course, if you are a member of the COC and many other denominations of Christianity teach that, you know, consuming any kind of illicit substances that change the brain, that change, you know, they, they, you know, you, you do not. It's a sin. Uh, So, you know, I struggled with that because it made me feel so good. It made me forget about, you know my mental illness at the time I didn't know that that's what it was but that's what it was and I drank I drank to excess every time I drank and uh so as I became an adult I got married I a couple of years into my marriage um the job I worked and I I had a friend there who was uh, also a member of the COC, and she was a social drinker. I don't think she had a problem, but that's not for me to judge. But we, you know, she would go to the liquor store, which was not very far from where I worked, and she'd go get wine, and she told me the good wine to get, and I'd get the wine, and I'd bring it home. And at that point, you know, I had decided, oh, it's not wrong. It's not a sin to drink, and so I drank. Uh, and it slowly over time became a problem. Back in 2010, uh, I lost a job due to my excessive drinking or I to say alcoholism because it was full blown at that point. Blackouts. Ugh, God have mercy. I sent messages and emails and embarrassing if you've ever dealt with alcoholism or if you've ever been drunk and done something embarrassing then you know exactly the feeling I'm talking about waking up the next morning and being like what did I do and what did I say and who did I say it to and what message did I send so by 2010 I was I was in full active addiction and when I lost my job of course um that it became worse because I was at home all day, every day. I spent quite a bit of money every week on alcohol. I drank every day. I needed more and more. And at my worst, I, I can't tell you how many drinks, like, because I didn't take shots. You know, I would just fill glasses, you know, with ice. And, you know, uh, my drink of choice was... Uh, it was at first vodka, just straight vodka. I went back and forth between vodka and coconut rum. 
Black Label, and I drank beer and I drank wine, and I mixed them all together, but I, I had it down to a science where I knew when I should drink the liquor and when I should drink the beer and when I should drink the wine, and I pretty much stayed blistered all the time. And I would panic if we didn't have the money to buy my alcohol. And at this time, I was unemployed and we were living off my husband's income. And at that point in time, my parents helped me, helped us financially. I don't know, monthly, I could say at least monthly, they helped. They had no idea. They had no idea. Nobody knew that I, I was, nobody knew I was an alcoholic. I never left the house either. And, you know, I would go to Virginia, uh, I hate to anyway, I would go to see them and I would drink while I was there, but nobody, if they knew, they never told me that they knew. I don't, I don't think that they, I'm pretty sure. No, no. Cause the conversations I've had with them, they never knew. Um, I would carry my little cooler and say that it was my snacks, but it was my alcohol. I remember one Christmas in particular, I had started mixing Xanax with alcohol, and I was so blistered, and if anybody knows what the nod is, I was nodding at the table, and I remember just trying my best to hold it together that Christmas. I see pictures of myself from back then, and I see how swollen my face was because I was drinking so much. In February of 2014, my family had an intervention, and they, as all interventions do, you know, quit this or this is what happens. Well, the only person, well, no, I'm not going to go into the personal things. I'm just not. Um, but I, my part of my accountability was the decisions that I made while I was in active addiction. I take full responsibility for essentially using people to fund my habit. My parents, um, the church, several churches in the area have helped my husband and I financially several times, of which I'm very grateful. I really am. I know I get on here and I'm angry and I'm, I may sound bitter and I am. Um, I'm getting better at that with therapy, uh, but I want to take accountability for that. Um, there are other things that I could take accountability for that I won't on here, but I do personally in my, in my life, but, uh, it's, it's not something that I want to talk about publicly, um, to keep, you know, from embarrassing other people. Apparently, I have embarrassed people already, but I'm not out here trying to expose people personally. I'm out here exposing the ideal, the ideology of the Church of Christ and the harm that it has done and that it continues to do. I wish that that wasn't so. I wish that I could say... The Church of Christ represents love. The Church of Christ represents harmony. The Church of Christ represents peace. I wish it did, and maybe some of them do, but the experiences that I've had over the years, they don't. 
And I hear this term, and I've heard it said, I've heard this sentence, uh, this statement told to me many times, well, they're not all bad. Well, where are the good ones that are supposed to be standing up for the people like me who have been hurt by the Church of Christ, by the church worldwide? Where are those good people, and why are we having to be the ones to speak up? Why, isn't, why aren't the good ones by our side? And saying, no, this isn't right. This is not right. The harassment that I've endured, that's not right. It's wrong. And those people should be told that it's not wrong. I mean, that it's not right. Uh, and whether they decide to take accountability is up to them. But at least... At, at, you know, at least stop making excuses for them. You know, yes, there are two sides to every story, but I don't know the other side. All I know is what I've experienced. All I know is my story, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I'm not ashamed to voice it. I will take accountability for my actions. I will take accountability for using people when I was in active addiction. I'll take accountability for that because it's something I did. Um, and I can't change it. And accountability as far as the church is concerned, it doesn't happen. I can give you an example. Um, in a certain church of Christ, not one that I've attended, but there was a youth minister who was actually convicted of having sex with minors. And he, quote unquote, repented. And now he is allowed to teach the teenage class. Yeah. Where is the accountability for him? Why aren't you shouting accountability, accountability? Instead, when a man does something like that, he goes forward and quote unquote repents and all is well. So I know I'm kind of all over the place, um, but I thank you for listening. I just wanted to make it clear that I know that I am a very flawed human being. Um, I don't believe in righteousness. I believe in humanity. We are who we are. I will say this. I'm learning from my mistakes. And I'm growing. And maybe I'm outgrowing some things. And some decisions that I've made in the past. I don't, I don't know at this point. I'm still in the middle of therapy. <laughs> I'm still healing. Um, and I, I, this is probably well, going to be probably the worst episodes of this podcast because I didn't really have much prepared to say except talking about holding myself accountable for the things and the mistakes that I have done. I've also, speaking of holding myself accountable, I, I'm not going to get into the dirty details, but I have betrayed family. 
Now, have I apologized and quote-unquote repented? Yes. I didn't do that stuff again. But I did it. And I have betrayed family members. I've hurt them very much. I can't take it back. But I can stop doing it. And that's the thing. You cannot say you are sorry for something and keep repeating it over and over again and then tell the other person that you're doing it to... Well, I said I was sorry. Okay, that's all well and good, but are you really sorry? Because someone who's truly sorry for what they're doing, they at least make an effort to stop. Yeah, I can't support that behavior. And neither should any organization, religious, non-religious, whatever it is. If someone keeps keeps repeating the same things, the same hurtful things... To other people. Then. They should be. I don't know if the word is exposed. Or at least confronted. Like okay. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know it shouldn't. This is the word I'm looking for. It shouldn't be tolerated. That's what I'm trying to say. That kind of behavior shouldn't be tolerated. If it keeps happening over and over and over again. So that's part of what I'm learning is actually unlearning harmful behaviors, not only harmful behaviors that hurt me, but harmful behaviors that hurt others. So thank you for listening. I'm sorry that I have been all over the place, kind of in a whirlwind of emotions for several different reasons tonight. Um... Uh, those that I will not mention but I appreciate the people who have reached out so much I know I've said it so many times but I really do I really appreciate the support and the love and those people in my life and you know who you are that show me unconditional love you don't expect me to do a b and c to prove to you that I love you and that I'm a good... No, let me go back. You don't expect me to do things to show that I'm worthy of your love. You just love me as I am. As I love you as you are. If you are one of those people, you know who you are. Again, thank you for listening. This was going to be a podcast that I was going to do tomorrow. But my work schedule has changed. So I probably won't be recording another episode until Sunday just depends on what's going on. Um, So thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful evening.